Anthony's new book is out, Unstuck, a life manual on how to be more creative, overcome your obstacles, and get shit done. Check out anthonymindel.com slash unstuck to sign up for updates, promotions, and get your copy of Unstuck today. Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast about acting, art, and life, and that tricky little thing we're all after but rarely find ourselves in, the moment. In this series, I talk to all kinds of creatives and friends about the joys and the ah, heartache and challenges of acting, writing, producing, and getting out of our own ways to be the creative channels we all are. For more information, go to anthonymile.com, and you can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay, I hope you enjoy. In today's episode, Tony interviews the talented Jason Beyer. Jason is AMAW NYC's studio manager. He is an acting coach and former casting director. The two chat about Jason's app, Need a Reader. Need a Reader is the first app to connect actors with readers and coaches for auditions, self-tapes, classes, rehearsals, and practice. Actors get the help they need and readers get paid. They also talk about the data-drivenness of the industry, marketability of actors, and facing rejection as an artist. Well, hello, everyone. Happy New Year. I don't know when this is coming out, so we may be deep into 2023 when people see this. They'll be like, uh, you can't keep saying Happy New Year, you know, six months into 2023. But I'm going to say it for right now because we're recording on January 3rd with my friend. You're kind of, I don't know even how to describe you, Jason, because you do so many things and you've done so many things in the business, which we will get to. But everybody, welcome Jason Beyer. <laughs> It was so quiet. It sounds like yes. one clap. Many talents, many talents. I clap for you. So Thank Jason you. is based in New York. And he, I'll let, I mean, true confessions, he heads up our, our New York studio. <laughs> I feel like, you know, when you watch like a news program like CBS or something, sometimes they're like, we're interviewing so-and-so who has a new book out. Uh, published by Random Schuster, which is a part of CBS New, You know what I mean? Like, I sure. kind of feel a little bit like that. So anyway, yeah. um, Jason bag. has been working with us. Uh, he runs the New York studio. He also teaches there. He has a really successful on-camera class there. Um, he also has something we're going to talk about. He designed, how many years ago were you developing this? Uh, I'm, I'm at five years. Whoa. Doing this. So yeah. he designed a really great app for actors, which we're gonna talk about called Need a Reader. And uh, he came from the casting world. He has done a lot. So, <laughs> hi, Jay. I'm old, hi. <laughs> you're uh, you're quite, quite the Renaissance man. Yeah, been doing it all for a long, long time. You really have. So, you know, I was thinking, you know, I never prepare for these interviews, which is maybe, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't like to prepare things because I like to just work in the moment. But I was thinking this sure. morning, I was like, oh, God, I met you when you were here in L.A. Yeah. Casting. Yes. I think, were you working at UDK or Rick Dawson Kritzer? Uh, that... I think I was over at MGM at the time that we first met. Uh, that had to be like... 20 years ago yeah it was uh well it was about 20 years ago because i it was right before i got married and then oh, wow. since then i'm, I'm divorced so uh yeah. and happily yeah, you're living your best life yeah yes and happily. you have two beautiful daughters indeed yeah. indeed so it's all it all works out 
but I love that I like, I think I read for you. I remember it. Somehow we stayed in touch. I, I guess you were a fan or I stalked you. I don't know. <laughs> hire me, damn it. Which by the way, people, he did not hire me, but look, things, <laughs> wonderful things can happen even when you don't get the job. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of how we stayed in touch. And yeah. then you moved to New York when? I've been in New York 11 years. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And then I guess, I don't even remember how we reconnected in terms of you being there and me opening yeah. the school there with originally with Emily Fletcher, the goddess Ziva meditation teacher. Right. Um, she, by the way, for, for the holiday, she sent, you know, she sends out little thank you, uh, you know, end of the year, thank you gifts. And I was like, oh, I got something from Emily. And I guess this is, she's stepping into this new foray for Z Ziva because it was sex oil. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I was like, she's like, more to come. Wait till you see what Ziva's doing next. I was like, get it, Emily. Some, she's wow. going to have her own sex oil line, Ziva Meditation. Great. Yeah. That's great. So that was 2014. Okay. Yeah, I remember um, you had posted an ad, uh, or you just mentioned something about uh, opening up a studio in New York, and oh, wow. uh, okay. my my ex got a job offer in New York, and we knew that we were headed to uh, to New York uh, fairly fairly soon. And so when we got here, I did I reached out to you, um, you know, letting you know that I'd be interested in you know being a part of uh, what you were doing here on the East Coast. And the rest is history. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're like, yeah. why did I ever make that call? <laughs> Nine years later, here we are. <laughs> oh, well, we love you, Jay. You've been a really oh, incredible you. asset to the school there. And I know it's been, you know, hard days during COVID. And I think we're, you know, coming out of the long, dark winter, right? Like, it was tough, really oh, sure. tough. But you, when you moved to New York, you weren't still casting. You kind of were moving out of casting, right? And yeah, I was, I was moving out of casting. Uh, I had started a, uh, a company called Marketing the Actor. So it was strictly just uh, marketing for actors, how to sell their product, how to kind of move their business as an actor forward. Uh, and did that for a while. And then from there, it kind of branched off into... Uh, more of the coaching. I didn't really even know I wanted to do or be an acting coach. I just thought that, you know, marketing was very intriguing to me as far as, mm. you know, how to brand actors. And um, from there, I had a manager reach out to me and ask if I wanted to coach one of their clients. And I was like, sure, <laughs> let me, you know, let me see what that's all about and really fell in love with it. And was the marketing part, I've forgotten about that. Was that because you saw how, you know, actors kind of forget that it's a business and they weren't really representing themselves in a way that was helping them, you know, coming from a casting perspective, like you could see that, you know, not always the best actor got the job, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it was strictly from, uh, you know, being in the audition room with other cast directors and writers and directors and I uh, you know as you said it's not necessarily just the best actor gets the gig it's more about you know I think the brand is really about how you get yourself into you know the room and then of course hopefully the work kind of speaks for itself but you know I, I would go through thousands of headshots this is before everything was done online 
and the ones that were just very general weren't selling something specific you know we'd either go into the no or maybe pile and all the maybes ended up being no's because there were so many people of course doing you know uh you know so many actors out there doing you know what they do so um i always felt like uh there's a real way to do it as far as like making sure that um you're selling something that people want to buy instead of just selling an actor that can just sell everything you know across the you know the platform it's really about selling a couple of different versions of of you and a product that people want to want to buy i mean i think that's a good reminder right like actors as artists, they do feel like they can do anything and everything, which is true, right. you know, especially like class, I think contributes to that, I don't know, confidence or that the skill of like, oh yeah, I can do this and I can do that and I can play Shakespeare and I can play the, you know, the bad character and, you know, but it's really about, yes, it's, it's sort of, it's, the business is more transactional. They don't really care so much about, I mean, it's weird because the talent is all we can control, but at some level it is about what they can buy. And if they can see, you know, something that's quote unquote marketable, they'll run with it. Even if the acting is maybe sometimes mediocre, I think. Yeah. I mean, it will definitely get them, uh, you know, at least into the casting office. I mean, I've, I've been in the room and I've read a bunch of people that you know, might not be very good uh, as far as the audition goes, but they just kind of fit the bill as far as the the product and the type. So that does sometimes get you, you know, the gig, gets you the job. And how did you, I mean, you also, do you still uh, teach at Columbia? I I did for 10 years until COVID. Wow. Okay. <laughs> then COVID, COVID. Uh, oh. Yeah, COVID kind of shut down the program. Because the program allowed the students in your class to come to LA and do like an immersion in LA, right? Yeah. So I would, uh, uh, from, well, I started the program when I was in LA. Oh, wow. uh, and, okay. um, when I moved to New York, they would fly me to Chicago to work with the students first. And then when the program came around, uh, they would fly me from New York back to LA and then I would work with all the students. Uh, and I teach them, you know, some of the on-camera techniques. Uh, and then we brought in, you know, marketing professionals, casting directors. I know you were there a couple of times. Yeah, many times. I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. Yeah. So they were so it, like it, wide-eyed and like <laughs> eager. And I was like, your dreams are about to be smashed. <laughs> no, never. But like it's a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. Being in the sanctuary of college and then about ready to step into, oh wow you know, I have to make a move, either I'm moving to New York or Chicago, I stay in Chicago, I guess Chicago right. has, you know, an industry or LA. And so, wow, they, so that program has not, is it, is it on pause or do you think uh, it's- I, I think it's on pause, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to money. And so I think at this point with COVID, uh, they're going to find someone in house. Meaning uh, uh -huh. not fly me from New York to LA. Right. Uh, they will find someone who lives in LA to uh, move the program forward. But I do not know if it's actually uh, continuing. But, uh, so were you kind of like considered adjunct faculty, yeah. or what yeah, was so your I was, yeah, yeah, I was an adjunct for the for the school. So and did you go to Did you go to Columbia yourself? Is I that, did. Oh, yeah, wow. I did. Okay. And it was actually one of the teachers there actually asked me to create a basically like a 
a business of of acting uh-huh. kind of uh-huh. seminar. And so I did that for a while. Um, in the program I taught at Columbia, I actually was a, a guest in the beginning of the session where I would do this kind of business of acting seminar, kind of how to sell your product and marketing marketing thing. And then at the end, I would work with them as far as uh, auditioning and you know on camera technique and stuff like that. So I, I was a guest before they asked me to uh, you know take over and run the program. Mm. Wow. Okay. I mean, I guess like the thread through all of this is there is a lot of marketing, you know, part of how you approach the business. You know what I mean? I also think nowadays, like Jesus, you know, anybody who's been in the business at least a decade or, you know, for me, this is my 26th year, Jesus. It's like, whoa, the business has changed so much and yeah. it is still about marketing, but now it's like marketing on testosterone, right? Because of everything is like a walking brand it's like a walking you know instagram social media tiktok whatever everything is like becoming a brand built-in branded uh, commercial of oneself in a way yeah i don't know it's it's and it's very i think it's hard also for young artists sometimes because some people have um a reluctance or it's not always fun for people to want to like i don't know advertise themselves right well, they're interested in, you know, the craft. They're That's interested right, the in the, the creativity. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them don't want to even touch, you know, doing anything to kind of sell a business. Yeah. And I get it. It makes sense. You know, and, and now it's even harder, unfortunately. You know, everything's done online. So with the click of a mouse, it's so much easier for an agent to, you know, submit actors mm. to cast in. As opposed to, you know, back in the day when we get hard copy pictures. Now, because everything's online, it's so much faster, but also it's so much easier uh, for agents and managers to just, you know, submit to casting directors. I don't even think young people know what you're talking about when you're talking about like, you know, (laughs) actual pictures and resumes that were dropped off at your office. They used to, uh, you know, send eight by 10 headshots via courier over to the casting office and then- Or uh, hand drop it off. I would sometimes hand drop, hand drop it off. Right, right. And uh, and even to, uh, you know, to pitch actors, there was at one time agencies to go to the casting director's office and bring in like a, a pack of headshots. Oh, wow, okay. Sit with them and talk about, you know, the actor. Interesting. Uh, to the cats right. That was that way not, back in the day. That was way back in the day. Yeah. That does not happen. They don't do, that does not happen. No. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I used to walk in, I used to hand walk in my headshot in some of those offices. Obviously, it was everything was behind closed doors and you could never get into the casting. And in the hallway, it would there would be a sign saying, actors, leave headshots here. You know, right. there'd be a pile. And it was like so depressing because you would like see a hundred headshots already piled up. You know, it was only right. 10 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> right. Um, so those were the good old days, but uh, you know, it worked. So I got called in for things because I didn't have an agent, you know, during certain phases of my career and you got to hustle and do it yourself. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I always the, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say from the drop-offs, you, uh, you got called in. Yeah, I did. Okay. That's I great. did. Yeah. You know, also I was just remembering too, like during my New York days, this is before I knew you when I was in my twenties there, like hoofing it. I would go to the e- EPAs, the equity 
Actors' Equity, the yeah, EPA yeah. calls and they, I would read backstage and it'd be like, oh, casting the music man at like, <laughs> I don't want to name a, na a real company, the Carnival Dinner Theater in Minneapolis, you know what I mean? I was like, yes, yeah. I'm going to go work there. And then I would get my ass up at 6 a.m. and I would go all the way to 43rd Street, I think it was, Times Square, stand in line at the Actors' Equity Building until they opened the doors at 9 freaking a.m. This was in the middle of, of course, I would rollerblade up there. And, <laughs> oh my gosh, Jay, I, it was crazy, right? And I know they still have open calls. I wonder how yeah. that works. I wonder yeah. if it's still the same, that you have to stand your ass in line then they open the doors, then you go in and you sign in what time slot you want. So usually people who are early, early birds like myself, you get first dib. So I would sign in at 10 a.m. So then I'd rollerblade back home, I'd take a nap, <laughs> then get up and then shower, you know, and all the women would like do later times so they can get their hair and makeup done. And then you come back and you see those people again. That would be a whole day of like commitment of like just getting seen for three minutes for some way, 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 way off, off, off Broadway or out of country, you right. know, cruise line show. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I assume a lot of actors probably get, you know, audition notices through their C-mail as far as open call, show up, you know, be seen, you know, that type of well, stuff. Well, I mean, plan. again, I didn't, I didn't have an agent back then. So I was, you know, obviously agents would book their clients certain times, but they would always leave a certain amount of or they would have a whole day of, I think that was part of equity's rules, right? They had to have an open call day for people who were equity members, but didn't have representation. So I got some callbacks for things. I think I got a couple jobs that way, but that was hard. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was really like, I, I would be curious. Next time I come back to New York, I'm going to have to do some investigation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the industry has changed for the better. That's for yes, sure. That is true. Yeah. That is true. It was a little... That was a pretty harsh. That was pretty harsh on the actor, to be honest. That was our equity membership taking good care of us. <laughs> we would be in sub-zero temperatures, freezing, and doors don't open till 9 a.m. <laughs> oh um, so tell me though, like what did you want to act? How did you get into casting? Yeah, I uh I got my degree in theater at Columbia in Chicago. And about a week before I was about to graduate, I had a moment where I was like, I don't think I want to do this. I was not passionate about it. I was kind of going through the motions and I was kind of stuck. I just didn't know what else to do because I spent four and a half years getting my degree in theater. And uh, I had already planned a week after graduating uh, to move out to, to LA from Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I was there for about seven months. And then I moved back to Chicago. And then at that point, I decided, well, I'm going to let me see if I can get involved in casting. And so I did that. Uh, when I moved back to L.A., I sent my resume out. And one of the people that got back to me was Mary Jo Slater, who is That's Christian right. Slater's mom. Yes. Yes. And she offered me a, a non-paying internship. And uh, so I took it. So I moved back to LA and I worked for her for about two years before she offered me a job. As and an you took it. I did. She, um, she pulled me into a side room and she said, Jason, what's the minimum amount of money I would need to pay you in order for you to live? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, maybe. You lowballed it. 
I, of course I lowballed it because I won the job. I was yeah. I was making zero dollars. Yeah. So I said, I don't know, maybe 400 a week. And she's like, I'll give you 300. And I'm like, let's do it. So I, I was oh, wow. there for about another year before I went to Ulrich Dawson Kritzer. Oh, so you see, I was, I was correct about that. I did remember. I think that's when I met you. Is does Mary Jo still cast? Is she still casting? Uh, I don't hear. I don't yeah, hear about I'm her so much anymore. Not sure. I'll have I'm to do it. Sure. I was partners with Steve uh, Brooksbank for a while. So, but I don't oh. know. I don't know if they're working together on on stuff or not. I remember. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, I know you're not in that cast. I mean, I know you know a lot of casting people, but that world is, who was I talking to? Oh, I think it was, oh, you know, oh my God, it was my own podcast. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Oops. Started drinking my Bloody Mary early this morning. No, I, we did a few of them before the holiday and because I'm trying to do them in person now, but obviously you're in New York and I'm here. So this one is online, but and I'm bringing in, I just thought this year I'm going to maybe focus a little bit on casting directors. And so I've been bringing in some really great casting directors. What was my point of the story? Oh, just about how they are free agents like actors. And I think it's important for actors to remember, right? Like, you know, unless, and, and that can change too, but unless they're working for a big movie studio, unless they're the in-house casting director overseeing casting an executive position at Paramount or yeah. MGM, whatever, the rest of them are like freelancing, yeah. right? And they have to they have to go in and basically pitch themselves to showrunners or a network for a job. So I'm just I always think it's important to democratize the process because I think actors often feel off-footed by going into a room. They're like, oh, this person has all the power, and but they're really your allies. Right. Yeah, I mean, casting directors just bring you into the room originally for a pre-read and they will bring you back for a callback if you do well, but they do not, you know, make the decisions. They do not. No. They so, can advocate uh, for actors sure. and they do bring actors back, right? So they remember good good casting directors remember actors and they just keep putting people in front of people. But yeah, the you know, especially nowadays, I think you know, talking to casting, it's becoming even more and more about, uh, how shall I say, less creative, right? Because the executives of net, you know, it's all business driven. And they try to use, I went to this premiere, and this is somewhat, maybe off tangent, but it's the same thing. I went to this Netflix premiere. And I was talking to the music supervisor for this new show. And she was saying, Tony, it's all data driven. It's all data driven, yeah. You know, and so once we start to like go into the algorithm of what hits, all that trickles down, right? Right, right. Again, right. I think actors. I think it's important that we're we talk about these things, Jason, because like, you know, for me as a filmmaker, getting my stuff done, trying to get it out there, and you get rejected, and you get rejected based on, and I'm just using this for myself, but it's the same: actor, singer, musician artist, writer, director, storyteller, yep. casting director, whatever, you get rejected and you think it's it's a reflection of your work. And sometimes it can be, but a lot of times it's because something is data-driven and it doesn't compute with their logarithm. Yeah. But 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 the artist isn't aware of that. So the, the artist takes it on the chin and is like, oh, I suck or what am I doing? Or I'm never going to get a break, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know this because you were in casting, but yeah. I, I think it's changed even more dramatically is my point. Talking to people 
on the front lines, right. you know. A lot of casting directors, um, you know, might not get the job because they bid too high on the projects as far as what they want to get paid, as far as what they want to pay the assistants. Uh, so a lot of the, you know, jobs went to cast directors that kind of lowballed themselves. That's interesting. Uh, they get the, they'd get the job that way. Well, because they also know th th these big companies know this is the whole, I think this is also why things are also going to remain, you know, casting is also going to remain online because they're saving a shit ton of money than right. renting a space and hiring people to work in uh, as office staff. Right. Yeah. So it's really about, again, numbers. And if they can afford something for less, they're going to, you know, I mean, I get it, but it's also, I think the creativity behind stuff starts to show. Yeah. You know, gets depreciated. Yeah. No, I agree. I, uh, um, I don't, I don't see a real reason for any of the casting directors to rent a space, spend the money, um, when everything really can be done online. I mean, I hope, you know, a lot of actors want to get back into the room. I hope that happens. I, I just, I, it's happening a little bit, but I, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think it would be a really smart enterprise if I were a casting director, maybe I, you'd be the only person in town who's offering that. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. It could be a really nice, I mean, maybe it's both. Maybe it's a hybrid. I don't know. It's interesting talking to casting directors. I have one casting director friend who's been in the business for a long time and she's lamenting, like she doesn't want to do it anymore. She's finding it to be very derivative and she, you know, she's, she loves the process of finding creatives and finding like the hidden gem. But she says, sadly, those opportunities are less nowadays because again, because of the data drivenness of trying to find talent who has a billion followers or, you know, right. is a shoe in for people watching their program, which we know doesn't work. That's the whole like aha about it, right? Just because you hire somebody who's got billions of followers on TikTok does not mean those fans are going to move to a different platform to watch their, I don't know, favorite social media star. It doesn't, it has not borne out that way, but so I don't know. I find it all really interesting. And um, maybe Shakespeare was battling these. <laughs> I do think he was. Sure. He was always going to the like the, his, you know, equity partners, give me money so I can put up Taming of the Shrew. And they're like, no. You know what I mean? He was always hustling. Not a hustle. Yeah, he was hustling. My God, the guy got syphilis. Like he was hustling so hard. Like, I mean, <laughs> I think he did. He had some sexually transmitted disease, I think. Anyway, okay, I don't want to spread rumors, but I think uh, <laughs> okay. it was hard back then. I just think actually that was pretty sure. common. That was um, very difficult. Oh God, do you ever think, I always think about medieval times and I'm like, oh God. Yeah, yeah, we got a lucky. I don't know. And then I guess maybe like 200 years from now, people could look at these times and be like, it's barbaric. Yeah, that's true. It's all relative, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. No, that's true. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. Food for thought. So, see, this is how my podcast rolls, Jason. Yeah, no, it's good. No, it's fun. I don't like you can't trust talk about acting. But okay, so tell me though, and tell the audience. So, when you moved to New York, and then you ended up aligning with our school, which has been yeah. a beautiful relationship. Like, I think your on-camera class was the first sort of program you started there with us and it's still going strong. And like your approach to on camera, I think obviously is also 
a throwback to the stuff you were learning or experiencing casting, yeah? Yeah, yeah, very, very, uh, very much so. I um, Everything I teach really, you know, it's kind of a combination of what you teach, Tony, as well as what I've learned uh, sitting in the, you know, uh, casting office of the audition room with producers and writers and seeing kind of what works as far as what people are bringing in, as far as choices, as far as taking risks. Uh, and there's kind of a beautiful dynamic between, you know, what you offer, you know, students at your studios and, um, you know, the casting process. I think it, it, it uh, uh, blends very nicely. Well, it is very synergistic, right? It's the same thing. You see probably, and your clients see when you do playback, like the thing that we're trying to get them, it's hard, right? Like to me, it's the understanding of acting can be, I always say it's like, it's simple, but it doesn't mean it's easy because mm -hmm. it is hard to be intimate or trust oneself or surrender or just be present or all these really basic skills are skills and they are hard to do, right? But you start to see like, oh, wow, why is this person acting? Or why doesn't this person trust that they're interesting? Yeah. And then and then you might see somebody else, well, well, maybe they aren't interesting yet because they're quote unquote boring, but I would never use these words, but I'm just using them right now. Like, because they haven't activated other parts of themselves yet. So, right? So, yeah. Well, I think, I th I'm sorry to interrupt. I think no, the, no, no. Um, uh, one of the biggest things, and I know we agree on this, is that no one is interested in seeing somebody act. Right. It's just about, you know, being you, living truthfully under these circumstances, being honest, being open, being vulnerable. I, I get so many students that come from the idea of trying to be someone other than, than uh, yeah. And um, it's just, no one's interested in watching a performance because it's a little one-dimensional. And so, you know, we just want to connect to what you're doing. And I, you know, acting has changed a lot. It's not about performing. It's not, it's really just about really connecting to, you know, your audience and being truthful. But just, and I always say too, like for me, I watch, like, I feel like I've become one of those people. Like I watch a lot of old movies. Oh I yeah. I do. I love like, you know, not like even, I can even appreciate something that's from a different, you know, like the thirties or forties and the acting seems stylized, but my, this is my insight about it or what I, my, I believe about it is that to us, maybe looking at something like that it feels over the top or a little bit more performative or whatever compared to maybe like, oh, a Martin Scorsese movie, Robert De Niro and something or Meryl Streep or whatever. But actually, probably at that time, especially those movies that are really revered or like they're really beautiful stories, I think that acting was as honest as the medium supported at that time. So for yeah. me, I still see it as a... Um, it's really great for actors. That's why I'm always advocating watch other stuff because you still see people go for shit in an incredible way or like how they fill the space with, I don't know, their energy or their charisma or I find it really inspiring because I also find that moving all the way through, you know, 70s and the 80s or whatever, 90s, can I even say the 2000s? It seems like, I don't know, when is like, when is, when, where is the line drawn between contemporary stuff and stuff that's in the past? But like, I think for me, young people teaching as long as I have been teaching, 
I think the reason why I also want them to see stuff from the past is because if you only use the stuff we're seeing on streamers nowadays as your sort of measurement about what acting is, we're in trouble because based on all the things we were talking about earlier about like the data drivenness of, of like the industry acting oftentimes takes the, the back, back, back seat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so the acting is not, I don't know, is it, we have to find a different word. Is it acting? I don't know. Like sometimes I watch something and I'm like, oh Lord, we're, this is, this is not the best indicator of what the art of acting can be. Right. You know, right. but it's changed. I mean, you know, back then it probably was totally normal. I don't think anyone, you know, if you're watching a movie from like the, you know, fifties or sixties, I don't think you're watching that movie back then and being like, wow, they're overacting. Right. I just think they accepted, you know, that was the, that was the norm at the time and things have changed. I, uh, and I don't know, a lot of the students I, that come to me, I think it's from just having really bad habits, something they've learned from other teachers that don't help them to what's happening, you know, now as far as film and TV goes. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice. And hopefully book the fucking job. Enjoying In The Moment? Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for updates. Well, I do feel like film and TV has become more accessible in celebrating, you know, the essence of that person even more than ever, right? Like, it's less about having to draw upon, you know, so many different qualities of a character, but it's just really like the essence of who each person is. But again, that's hard. Like, we have a hard time accepting that in us that, again, we're interesting or somebody's going to want to watch us for two hours or, you know. That's true. Yeah, they don't feel like they're, enough so that they, so they overcompensate yeah yes you've seen it yes we're on the same page i believe i know you've seen it and the beautiful thing is the camera doesn't lie as you see in class right because the camera magnifies it in a way yes also i think as i've gotten older like when i was in new york in my early 20s and the theater that i was interested in and uh, like it was very experimental and i kind of loved the kind of not performative, meaning it was fake, but there was something stylized sometimes with the stuff that I had done um, or I was really drawn to, right? And as I have gotten older, I realized like, oh my God, there's so much complexity in the simplicity of something. So now I've gone the opposite, right? Like I'll go see something that I think is that, that I used to like 50 years ago. Oh my God, no, I'm 55. So that would be <laughs> okay, 25 years ago, Jesus. But uh, I find now that that stuff to me feels a little bit performance arty. Remember when you would go, you remember in college when you would see something that everybody thought was so amazing because it was like, hi, I'm performance <laughs> art. And you'd be yeah. like, I don't get it. Yeah. So, so now I kind of see it as, wow, just to watch somebody being right. is so amazing and beautiful. Yeah. And it's hard to do, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I think it's because they don't trust that what they bring is enough. They feel like they have to do something 
to get you know a casting director or producer or writer to, to notice that. them mm -hmm. yeah yeah well, this is why everybody should take Jason's on-camera class at AMAW. Come on to New York. Come on, come to New York. Take the class. Yes. And Jason, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about your cool invention. Ah, uh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm so, I mean, I don't like to ever say I'm proud of someone because like you're doing it, but I do think it's really commendable because uh, you've been really working hard on it. Yeah. And like you said, you started it like five years ago, plus there was the pandemic. Right. But it's launched. It is. I called. It's called uh, the Need a Reader Actor app, and it's available on the iPhone. And uh, yeah, five years ago, I had the idea. It was based from my on-camera classes. You know, people would come in and do their scenes, and I would ask them how it went. And all the time, I would get the excuse of, "Oh, I had no one to practice read with, with. I had no one to read with. I read with my, you know, my mom or dad, and they don't know what they're doing." You know, they don't understand, you know, timing and speed for, you know, sitcom or single cam. Right. So it just got me to thinking like, okay, there's got to be a better way. And um, uh, it's been a real challenge. So originally the app started as a rehearsal app. And uh, I thought, well, of course, actors want to rehearse. They want to find someone and rehearse all the time. But I realized that you'd be surprised that several actors just feel like they got it. So they'll... Uh -huh either rehearse by themselves or not rehearse at all. Uh, and so from the rehearsal app, it is now transformed into a rehearsal and self-tape app. So you can do a self-tape using your phone uh, where you see the reader, just like a FaceTime call, and you download each take. And then in the take, the reader disappears, but you hear their audio. So oh, the way wow. it comes out is it just looks like a real self-tape as if the reader was in the room with you. Oh, cool. So how that would work is if I'm on the app, then I get connected with somebody who's the reader, like with you, or do I have to, how does that work? Yeah, you can invite up to 20 readers and or acting coaches for your one job. Okay. And the first one to confirm is hired. So all the readers and coaches get paid for their time. So even if you don't want to use the app to do a self-tape or rehearse, you want to be a reader on the app you you get paid i thought that was really important for mm -hmm. you know if readers are spending the time so uh the first one to confirm is hired uh, and you'll know you'll get a full list of what each person would cost you um if so they, just, let me if jump they in there. So, sure sorry jay so does that mean if i'm on there as a reader i set my own rate yes uh-huh okay, yeah so the, cool. the readers get anywhere between uh i Ten to fifteen an hour. It's going up to ten to twenty-five an hour. Okay. Um, if you're doing a self-tape, you get an additional five dollars. Uh, and then if you are an approved acting coach, I bet all the acting coaches on the app, uh, you can make more money that way. And if you offer editing, you can make more money that way. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. So if you, if I'm on there as a reader, and you choose me, then yes. we set a time. Yes. And we're doing it via the app but not via zoom the no, app has its own zoom. interface yeah right. so the benefit really is uh if you've ever you know coached or someone's uh recorded on zoom uh as far as the self-tape goes the sound quality is not great uh, to this podcast this podcast is fine because it's we're doing it here but if yeah. they're usually what will happen is i'll have another you know uh you know phone or some other device recording 
my audio as right. the leader. So, right. you know, it doesn't sound great. So what will happen is you'll know ahead of time the day and time that we that the user wants to hire you. And so if you're not available at that time, uh, you wouldn't accept the job. Or you can accept the job and ask to reschedule the appointment. That's available as well. You can always reschedule. Uh, so and at that point, once they hire you, you connect through the chat, uh, the private chat room between you and your reader. Cool. And, and uh, one minute before the scheduled time, there will be a camera icon that appears. The user will press it and it will connect the call. And then and so, yeah, ahead, and there's just a record button uh, for the user to press every time they want to start a take and end a take. Cool. So you, so the, the person who's auditioning sets the time and coordinates all that. And then how does the reader get the sides? Yeah, so you can uh, upload, the user can upload the sides through the chat room as well. Wow, you thought uh, of everything, Jay. <laughs> so it's taken me five years. That's I amazing have, though. Yeah, I've gotten some great ideas from other actors who have used the app. Uh -huh. uh, you know, one of the best things is that an actor said to me, well, I don't want to look at myself when I'm doing a self-tape. So I was like, oh well, yeah, well that makes sense. So you can swipe on the face of the uh, phone screen to either hide yourself, hide the reader, or have kind of like a 50-50 split like we have here. Kind with of our, here in uh, Zoom. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and, okay, thing. so, and once, let's say you and I, let's say you're the reader and I chose you and we have the size and then when we have selected the time, then we just jump in and basically record it. And then I, since I'm paying you, we basically is if it's like an hour set time or a half an hour, and yeah, then we do as many takes as we feel like. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, 30, 60, or 90 minutes. Uh huh. Um, when your time is about to end, you can add more time if the reader's available. Cool. Uh, and um, you know, usually when people hire me to be a reader, uh, we would read it once or twice before we start, you know, recording. Uh, it's usually what I do in a, any kind of a, a coaching session anyway. Uh, so we read it once or twice, they start recording and they get as many takes as they can within that 30, 60 or 90 minutes. I love it. It's very, it, I mean, it, it really encompasses all the, you know, the questions slash needs anybody would have in terms of like a taping, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I then, mean, yeah, sorry. It's, uh, I was going to say it's, um, you know, if you want to just, find a reader you can if you want to find an acting coach uh, to coach you for your audition while they are also your reader that's you know that's available as well wow. I always think an actor is going to ask like a friend or a buddy first because right. it's free right. uh, but you know you can find you know someone 24 7 if something comes in at the last minute and anyone who's on the app so we're talking London we're talking Canada, Australia, or, yeah, yeah, Australia. Anyone who's on the app, you can change your location uh, through your settings on the app. And so, if I change my location to London, then everyone who pops up on my feed will be from London. Oh, cool! Okay, so that's really it. beneficial as well. So, yeah, it's like basically designating the city you're in. Yes. And then once, let's say, once we've got the takes down then yeah. where is that stored? Is it like it's sent to me if I'm auditioning or does it go to the cloud or how? Yeah, so, so the reader doesn't have any access to the takes. Okay. It's only the user. So cool. what will happen is the user will, will basically just open up the job again 
And then now underneath the job are all the takes that you took. And the user will just press the take, decide how they want to download it, either in landscape or portrait, based on the way your phone, mm -hmm. um, you know, horizontal or vertical. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that take just downloads right into your photo library. Wow. And at that point, okay. you can throw it into, you know, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can, yeah. you know, you can edit it using your, you know, iPhone editing software as well. Whatever you want to do with it. That's very clever, Jay. Thank you. Thank you. Need a reader. Oh. Everybody does need a reader. Well, what <laughs> happens if you don't like your reader? Yeah. Well, you get to rate your reader after. Oh eating. God, no. Very, very similar to Uber. Uh, so oh, you no. can. If they're not a great reader, you can find that information out before you invite them to your job. If well, a reader is too expensive, you can you know, delete them before you invite them to your job. So you can save money that way. And also like, uh, the other thing is each reader has to fill out a skill sheets okay. based on genre. So if you have an audition for a sitcom and they rate themselves as a one out of 10, for right. sitcom, you're probably not going to want to invite them. Work with that person, yeah. yeah. And what about how do you vet them, that there's no creepy reader? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, you can't, you can, the only way you can vet them is by looking at all the information that you have. So you can look at their skill set based as a reader. You can look at how other users rated them. Right, after previous the jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, if they have a headshot that, um, I guess looks a little suspect, maybe, you know, swipe left. It yeah. works like a dating app. You swipe right. If you want to invite them to your gig, swipe okay. left if you're not interested. I love it. Oh yeah. my gosh. This, this is like, <laughs> <laughs> it feels like an episode of Black Mirror a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I bet Rick. all of the, I bet all of the headshots as well. So if they don't have... Uh, a headshot. I I'll just send them an email and tell I'll tell them it's being deleted and they have to right something else. It doesn't have to be a headshot. Right. Uh, it just a, be yeah. like a, you know yeah, some photo. Yeah. you'd be so, amazed at some of the pictures that come through. Oh, like cartoons. Oh no, I know, I know. Yeah. Oh my God, actors, please just be normal. Right. I mean, it's be an acting app. So. Yes, be freaky deaky in your work, but you just, you gotta remember, you can't, you gotta be like professional. I just, right. that to me is often the uh, the thing that I, I think actors just misfire on a lot. Nobody's gonna hire you if you're like so bizarro. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I agree. Um, so, and now are, so it's launched, it's successful, you have people everywhere interfacing with it and using it and success stories, but are you still like managing it? Are you still like the admin person for it? Yeah, I'm still oh, wow. doing, uh, you know, updates, tweaks. Customer I think compliance. <laughs> I, um, it's kind of like this never ending uh, projects. I mean, I do love it. There's a lot of love and hate with it. So obviously I didn't think it would take five years, uh, but we're, where we're at. I'm happy with where we're at. Right now you can invite one actor at a time. Okay. The big change is you're going to have an option of you'll see six headshots on your interface rather than one. And then you can um, refresh the page, get a new fresh six. You can invite all six. So that way you can look through a lot of 
readers a lot faster. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. So I'm pretty excited about that as well. And are you constantly kind of tweaking and adapting as you go along? Yeah, I am. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty close to being done. Okay, great. Meaning like the updates will, will be done and then I will move on to Android. I was going to say, so <laughs> need a reader on iPhones, but yes. soon on other smartphones. Yeah, available. it will be on Android. I think I'll, I'll probably in the next two months, I'll start Android. Wow. And it shouldn't take nearly as long because we basically have the template. Right, you have, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm just going to give it a shout out again, need a reader. And right now, I think we should push the applause button. <laughs> yeah, because Jason, I mean, yes, that's it. I mean, listen, I just, hats off to you. I think it's incredible to see that there was a need for it and there is. And I think, you know, especially post-pandemic, I mean, not that you would have ever wanted you know, your business to kind of take off because of the needs created by a worldwide catastrophe. But it has, you know, I, I, it happens less, although, you know, I do, when I do my own camera intensive, sometimes the, the first day they put up their own self-tape, right? And sometimes still I'll have somebody who will say that. They're like, well, I didn't have a reader or they'll read their lines and then they'll read the other character's lines and then try to like- It's terrible. No, it's nuts. So I will- It's terrible. It's terrible. Or I had one, this was during COVID. uh, It was an on-camera class online. She, I mean, she was brand new to acting, God bless her. But, and she was like in Memphis or somewhere. She- didn't even have, she didn't even know to read the other person's lines. So she would read her lines and then just take the beat. And then read her next line. And then read her next line. I was so confused watching her tape. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, are you not? She's like, I didn't have anybody. So now actors, there's no excuse. Right. Don't have your parents do it. Get a professional or somebody who's in the business who at least understands what a beat is. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What it means take a pause here. Uh, uh, wow, I think that's really impressive. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's I, I you know, and again, I, I mentioned this to you before. I, I was on the fence for a while, and then you would come to New York, and I said, "Hey, I got this idea. I don't know if I want to do it." And you're like, "Just go do for it. it. Just go for it. Just do it." And. Uh, so, so I, you know, I have you to thank. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Jason, because I think that's the thing about a, I just saw another post today about like our, our, the biggest challenge. I think one of the biggest challenges of being human is we think we have time and we just don't have time. I was going for a walk with my boyfriend the other day and it reminds me of uh, what's the book. It's all about nature. And, but I love this quote because the writer says um, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today. And I love this, that, I mean, and that's in relation to our environment and nature. And, but again, it reminds me of like, oh God, the things that we should have done or we could have done. And we come up with all these reasons why we, we aren't ready, or you didn't have the beta testing done, or it requires a lot of work and will it succeed? And, but that's you, when you have a divine inspired thought, our job is to act on it. You know what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm in the middle of a, you know, this climate piece I think I told you about last time. I don't remember. I was in New York before I went to Greece, so I haven't kind of caught up with you about it. And, you know, and so we shot this first story. I'm really excited about it. It's an anthology piece. And 
you know, I'm like, oh God, now I have to keep going. That's just one of the stories. And I'm like, I need to get the financing. I got it. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know. But then I'll, I read today, like all of Europe is in a historic heat wave on the 3rd of January. Like the, the temperatures in some areas are like 30 degrees warmer than average. Wow. Thousands of heat records have been broken. If you look at a map of Europe, it's completely red right now. It's, wow. it's like, it's, it's really scary. And so my point is, is I'm like, well, if not now, then when, you know what right. I mean? So I just always want to encourage anybody on here, including yourself, when we have great ideas that come to us from source or the universe. Yeah, it to go from, I think the ideation aspect to the physical stuff does take work. Like you were saying, you're like, ah, oh, I love it, but I hate it. That's the work, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, but a lot of it also is like, all right, I put in all this work. It's, it's, you know, it's the same thing actors go through. It's, it's uh, that fear, right? It's that, you know, can I do it? Will it work? Of Will course. They, you know, connect to it. So, um, I mean, I, I look, I could have stopped three, four years ago. I really believe in it. And, uh, you know, it's right now just like letting people know about something that's very new. It's really not out there. Um, and uh, I think it's going to help a lot of people. And when, Jason, when did it actually launch, launch? Uh, well, it launched a couple of times, but the self-taping mechanism would not work. Oh, so that wow. took a good two and a half years to get fixed. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. I, it, I, I'm going to say that it really launched, launched to the point where it was really working, no issues, no bugs, I would say six months ago. Oh, wow. Okay. And I mean, I think that's the other thing too, is like, right, success or whatever these measurements are, something that we've accomplished in the world when they line up, it takes a while. The returns take a while. ROI. <laughs> <laughs> the ROIs take a while, people. You can't, you know? Anyway, I think it's hats off to you. I'm excited. You know, we have a lot of listeners on this podcast, so everybody can go to Need a Reader, download the app. Is the app free or is it a dollar? Uh, yeah, it's a free download. Okay, uh, need a reader, actor app on the uh, on the app store. That's great. Yeah. And coming soon to a droid near you. Hopefully very soon. Very soon. Yeah. Well, I think it's really commendable. I'm excited. I, I don't really need a reader because I'm often a reader for many people, but I'll download the app. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't, just don't work, don't work for free, Tony. What? Don't, for, don't work for free. Hell no. I'm, your time is valuable. Don't give up reading services for free. I would love to be one of those teachers on your app. Yeah. But I, I not, no, not for $5. I cannot do no. it. You can, you'll make a lot more on the app. So you let me know. I only have, so I would be honored. Maybe I'll do a guest appearance at some point. Oh, that'd be great. But be I great. only have so much time in a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Cut to 26 years later. Yeah. Um, Jason, let's do our speed round. It's been really fun talking to you about so many eclectic things. Yeah, and of course, I don't have my speed round in front of me. So I'm going to just make it up. But I remember some of them. What's your favorite movie of all time? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think probably L.A. Story with Steve Martin. Oh God, that was and just Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker. Good yeah. movie. I need to revisit yeah. that. Yeah. 90s? Is that the 90s? <laughs> I think so. I think it was. Anything with okay. Steve Martin is, is yeah. my favorite. Yeah, he's, he's really funny. 
Um, do you watch only murders in the building? Of course, yeah. Oh, I don't watch that. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, you gotta watch it. Martin okay. Short also. I know. Okay. Please. All right. Okay. So good. Uh, what What would you tell your younger self? Uh wow. I I guess I would tell my younger self to, I, uh, take more risks, and at the end of the day. Uh, you're thinking about yourself more than anyone else is thinking about you. about you. Great advice. What's something you can't do without? My kids. Oh. Then maybe my phone. It's <laughs> a close second. <laughs> That's a funny contradiction there, maybe. I put my kids first. Kids yes, are first. Good, 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 good. What's something you're scared of? Like everybody else, I think failure, right? Oh, wow. Failure, just not uh, reaching maybe my full potential. Mm -hmm. Who's your Hollywood crush? Could be male or female. Um, wow, you're really thinking about it. Yeah, I, I can we can it pass? Can we come back to that? Oh my God, really? I thought I knew who yeah, you were going to say. Back. We'll come back. <laughs> maybe Selma Hayek. Oh, okay, good one. Yeah. How would you define acting in a word? Truthful. Or truth. Truth. What's something you learned from, I mean, you've learned a lot because you've been at AMAW for a long time. <laughs> yes. True. Something you've learned. Yeah. Oh, just something I've learned from. Yeah, from school? the studio, the work. Just allowing yourself to be vulnerable is, is a good thing. Yeah. You know, not easy to do. No, it's so not easy. But you know, giving yourself permission to, you know, have feelings, to express them, to let people know how you feel, you know, either in life or the work or both. I it's think transformative, but it is not easy. And we don't live in a world that advocates that, right? Yeah. So we're working against like the toxic masculinity of it all. It's, it's tricky. Yeah. Uh, and how do you define love? Uh, I would just say that, um, someone who cares about you maybe than you thought you could care about yourself i always say my definition of love is just this moment right now oh. <laughs> and oh, it's oh, funny oh, because <laughs> oh thank you I, it, it cracks me up because i'm like oh, i guess nobody listens to my podcast at the ending of my podcast because every guest i've had on here they don't know the answer to oh Jason, thank you so much for being here. I do love you and appreciate you and respect you. And I'm super excited about Need a Reader. So people can find that and you at Need a Reader. Yes. <laughs> but also at AMAW New York. Indeed. And anywhere else? I I mean, yeah, uh, needareader.com. They can find right. out information okay. about that, about cool. the app there. Uh, but yeah, on your website, Tony. I'm over there as well. <laughs> yeah. I uh, and um yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you, Jay. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much, Tony. Thanks for listening to In the Moment. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for more. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice 
and hopefully book the fucking job.